Let's talk about what's playing out as far as energies this morning with Bill Baruch. He's the president of Blue Line Futures. He's joining us this morning. Bill, welcome. It seems like the focus to begin the week is that OPEC production cut, small albeit, but uh, Russia cutting off supplies to Europe, a big and significant de development at that. Yeah, that was the news on Friday was was uh, the Gazprom cut off. And yeah, obviously the market market took it, took it uh, on the chin. And uh, I was really surprised how well uh, you know, looking at it from the equity standpoint, the equities were able to hold 3,900 uh, level that it held earlier in the week. Big level of support lines uh, a number of indicators in there. We have what we call rare major four star support coming into the week. It was our downside target, 3,902 to 3,923. So that that was that was a stick stave right there at the end of the day, uh, and we've seen consolidation. But that news from Gazprom uh, on Nord Stream being cut off. And obviously it's developed and, and everybody kind of knew it was just, you know, it was, it was Russia trying to find a reason to, to cut off the flows. Um, but tying that into OPEC uh, plus in their decision uh, yesterday, it's, um, I mean, what does 100,000 barrels per day really yeah. mean right now when yeah. they're really nearly 3 million uh, below, is it 2.9 or so below what their, what their uh, target is? So um, you know, I, I think the real selling came in this morning. There's uh, some cases popping up, COVID cases in Shanghai. Um, mm. And so I think that's something that, that really, you know, keep an eye on here if that develops. And you got to remember, you know, China's doing this for two reasons. They're, they're obviously trying to s slow and softly land what is a pretty tough situation within their economy. But they're also trying to bring some pain to the West along with Russia, too. So there's, uh, you know, their two-pronged approach within that. And I, I, don't, I don't think it's a coincidence uh, for them to, you know, find these COVID cases at the moment. Bill, to your point here real quick, it does seem like markets have taken all this in stride and possibly priced it in. I mean, there were expectations that this shut down in terms of that. I think it was like the 31st of September 2nd, August 31st of the 2nd. It was planned for, but there was some speculation that they would not re uh, uh, flows would not resume. I just want to point to this chart again that we were looking at the ES in terms of the four hour time frame, the move we've seen off the January highs, the all time highs. I've put some red arrows here to show kind of some lower highs that we've seen and recently sort of topping out around 4300, testing the May highs, but failing. We do have some key areas to watch, I think, to the downside here. Uh, let me just hold on one second and, and edit this here. I do want to uh, just point to how We've got some support areas here, obviously the 3639 low. Uh, we could just point that out here again one second as I uh, adjust this here and uh, just want to point here to, well, not only the 3639 low, but the 3700 area again and possibly we're just kind of consolidating is my point here within this uh, range, I guess. Until we take out those most recent highs of around 4,300 or take out the 3,639 lows, I mean, right now, do you see this as a bear market type rally we just recently saw in August? Or is it necessary to take out that 3,639 to kind of confirm that characteristic associated with what we've seen off the January highs? Again, lower lows, lower highs, and rallies have been short-lived. Well, that's a really good question. I, I write content research really every day. It's, it's sort of it's my trading journal. I manage money. And uh, you know, one of our business main businesses is a brokerage, and, and we put out a research to clients every single day. And I don't think, and it, you know, within my writings, again, every single day, S and P, Nasdaq. Um, I don't think I've ever characterized it. You know, bear market, bull market, bear market rally, bull market rally, whatever. You know, I, I've never really used those terms. And and it's just, you know, I, I do what the market tells me to do each day, and and I try to take one one step at a time. And really, we, you know, looking back, you know, through through May and June, we were fairly bullish, not necessarily picking a bottom, but calling measured downside. 
we enjoyed that rally. We enjoyed a, a very nice rally when a lot of people had already panicked out. Mm. And, um, you know, when we hit the 200 moving average, didn't try and pick a top. But, you know, when we got up 4,200, felt a little overdone. And we went neutral. And, and we took a neutral approach through two Fridays ago. But when we broke down below 4,100 after the Jackson Hole speech, you know, th that was enough for us to say, okay, we are bearish. And, and we got bearish again. And our downside target was 3,900. So, you know, when we, when we sold off the second time um, through that week last week on Friday, I, yeah, I was, I was very nervous seeing that end of the day um, retest at 3,900. And like I said, it was, it was definitely a, a save the market did not break that. If it had broken there, it could have gotten really, really ugly. And we still can. So day by day, listen, if this goes below 3,900, look out below. We have some levels that we've highlighted and to go on our research today that are below there. But overall, making a new low and then closing below 3,900 will encourage added selling. And I don't see this. And really, the note we put out last week was we will, we will remain negative this market right now until it closed back above 4065. And last okay. week, as it was battling there, never closed back above 4065. Okay. So we take it one day at a time, and, and we, we do what the market tells us you know, it wants to do. I like that. I like that price is king. There's opportunity on both sides of this. You don't necessarily marry one sentiment, uh, one side or the other. Uh, and some key levels to talk about uh, there as well. Thanks for bringing them to our attention, because in a minute, we're going to talk the NASDAQ, the Dow, and the Russell. But let's get back to energies, Bill, and talk a little bit about how if some of this recent uh, developments were priced in, again, expectations that Russia may not uh, resume flows. I mean, ultimately, if this had all been priced in, if we were to start to see some sort of resumption of those or uh, resumption of normality as far as some of the demand uh, narrative, I mean, uh, do you see prices coming off in terms of the strong U.S. dollar factor to consider as well? But I just wonder if those flows come back into play, if there wasn't much response to, I mean, maybe we could see lower prices. Could, that could be the catalyst to send crude below that key area of support. Yeah, I mean, first of the currencies, I, I do think that, uh, you know, the dollar is just gearing for, for higher prices. It, it, it's been elevated and holding this elevation really too constructively to not uh, trade, trade much higher. I think um, some of the progress in, in just deal making in, in Europe, uh, some a little bit data not being as bad as expected, uh, may have, has, has really kept the euro in, in some of that, you know, more hawkishness anticipating uh, later this week has kept the euro from selling off. So the dollar index itself you know, isn't accelerating. But in you know, the Chinese yuan is really on its way, uh, where the US dollar, USD, CNH is on its way to seven. The US dollar strengthening against the Chinese yuan. The Japanese yen is falling out. And I, I don't, and we're, we're short the Aussie dollar, been short there for a bit. And uh, so one of the things, I, I, I don't think that, you know, finishes until something comes to roost there. I, I think there's going to be some sort of, you know, real flush out in the yen um, that it may not have happened yet. Now, that could create and, and sort of send a uh, domino effect across your know, risk assets. And that's one of my fears at this moment. Now, you know, with the dollar strengthening, of course, it weighs on uh, commodity prices and, and crude oil is, is you know, maybe the, sometimes the least affected, but it's uh, it certainly is holding crude back at the moment with the dollar strength. Now, I, I one of the things more, from more of a positioning standpoint, I think people, uh, you know, a lot of just buy the dip in crude oil has been ingrained in people over the past you know, 18 months. Heck, we have been extremely bullish since June of 2020. And um, we are actually neutral crude oil right now. I, and in the research that I write every single morning, I, I only remember a couple instances uh, over the past two years that I've gone you know, neutral from some sort of bullish standpoint. And when we broke below $93 last week, that was the signal to go for us to go neutral. I, honestly, I'm welcoming lower prices. I think it's gonna be a, a better buying opportunity. And we really need a flush out in crude oil just to kind of, unfortunately, this is tough to say, but it's, you know, wash out all those, 
you know, dip buyers that have, you know, been, uh, you know, pressing pressing the gas, so to speak, for the past two years and, and not managing the risk of the downside. So I, I wouldn't be surprised to see a flush out that that sort of finally brings a nice bottom. Maybe that's 82 bucks. Maybe that's 75 bucks. All right. Definitely a factor when you're talking crude, the dollar. And when you're talking about the dollar, obviously, is to your point, the euro currency, the Japanese yen, the British pound as well. I mean, which ties back to our uh, a top story this morning in terms of the UK and, and the new prime minister as the outgoing uh, Boris Johnson hands over the uh, reins. And, you know, I wanted to kind of check in because uh, there is some central bank activity this week to stay dialed in. Obviously, the RBA mentioned in terms of the rate hike there, 50 basis points, but the Bank of Canada tomorrow, the ECB Thursday, and all of this does kind of uh, put the spotlight on the European Central Bank in terms of the difficult situation they're in with the energy crisis, kind of tying this all together and ultimately their need to, uh, you know, combat inflation at uh, record highs there. Yeah, I, I'm negative on the on the Canadian in, in ways, but I, I think you know, the the Aussie being another commodity currency tied to what's going on in Asia right now um, is is really you know the way I'm I'm playing it, and um, you know so I I, I think that uh, the Canada the Canadian dollar is is going to find the similar uh, effects that we're seeing from Asia. I think it's yeah. I, I think there is lower to go. I mean, the yeah. U, like I said the U.S. dollar just broadly you're not seeing it in the dollar index. You're not seeing it in some of the some of the G7 currencies so much, but the fact that the, what the U.S. dollar is doing to the Chinese yuan, you know, I, I think it's going to be, or really what the yuan is doing doing to itself, and, and the dollar just strengthening against it. I think there's going to be an, an impact, so you know, rippling through the the other currencies and other markets here if it doesn't U-turn uh, very soon. Here's a look at the Canadian dollar bill, which has been coming off, and energy prices oftentimes a major factor there. Bit of a disconnect recently on a tick-for-tick -tick basis, but to your point, a second ago, here's the Aussie dollar, which is nearing recent lows again from July, down around that 60.686 level. And, you know, if you're looking at the British pound or the yen, to your point, and the euro currency as a precursor to what to expect from the Canadian or the Aussie it seems like that short position you mentioned earlier would be the correct one. So uh, we're going to watch these currencies this week. Bill, appreciate you joining us and starting the week with us here on the TD Ameritrade Network and your Tuesday morning sharing part of it. Bill Baruch, the president of Blue Line Future.